Welcome to Zurich Canada's Perspectives Podcast, where we stay connected with our broker partners through conversations with guests who are experts in their fields. We try to deliver market insights and thought leadership to bring you insightful information that's relevant to what our listeners are faced with. My name is David Tran, and I'm the Head of Customer Management for Zurich Canada. Today, I am joined by Dane Hambrook, who is Head of Specialty Products at Zurich Canada. We will discuss his newly appointed role, where he is responsible for leading the specialties team in Canada. We will also touch on topics such as the recent RIMS Canada conference held in Halifax, and one topic that is top of mind for many folks in our industry, ESG, and what it means for the future of insurance. We are excited to bring you this conversation, and here is my chat with Dane. Hey, Dane, welcome to the podcast. First and foremost, congratulations on your new role. I mean, I've known you for a number of years now, and I'm really excited for you because I know you would do great things. Now, if you if you don't mind, to get things started, maybe we can um, get you to tell us a little bit more about your new role and, and, and a bit about the specialty teams that you are working with. Yeah, thanks, uh, David. Glad to be back on the podcast. Always a pleasure to talk about what we're up to on at Zurich Canada and the issues facing our uh, industry in general and, and on the specialty lines of business. Uh, I assumed the role of, of head of specialty products back in August, prior to which I had been the head of financial lines in Canada since 2019, July 2019. Financial lines is still under my purview, so I'm really looking forward to continuing to grow in that segment. We've been a we've grown into a top five market leader in public and private DNO, financial institutions, and cyber the past three years by being a go-to market, having a consistent appetite and a customer-led focus and a willingness to focus on traditional underwriting, you know, solution-oriented where, where we need to be. So we'll, we'll continue to expand our capabilities there, be a voice, a best-in-class voice in cyber risk leadership and add to uh, our portfolio capabilities, expanding our appetite for various professional classes for their ENO and professional liability exposures. In addition to the leading financial lines team, I now have the pleasure and opportunity to add to that capability by uh, uh, helping direct and, and, and steer our specialty lines of business, including programs, accident and health, uh, which includes our travel insurance capability, as well as our surety uh, team. Our programs team has a highly technical group of specialized underwriters that serve a host of different uh, customers and distributors across a various and diverse group of industries and segments. And in a very short period of time, close to two to three years, they've uh, grown into one of the largest program units in Canada by delivering uh, great uh, service, very uh, technical-minded, and uh, really exciting to continue to broaden that capability by providing great insights on some of these um, really emerging risks and uh, providing value-added uh, pre- and post-loss mitigation services. Uh, we also work with leading MGAs, as you're aware, and uh, uh, managing general agents uh, have been uh, a, a real a growth area for us as far as uh, using and relying on their experience to uh, to focus on niche markets 
for some of the smaller uh, middle-sized uh, enterprises in our portfolio, and we remain committed to uh, strategically growing in that sector as well. On the surety side, we have uh, an experienced contract and commercial surety underwriting team in Canada uh, who manage uh, surety risks of various sizes. In addition, we have an advanced global network of surety underwriters uh, with a, a dearth of industry experience and offer a, a, a meaningful amount of capacity to help Canadian and US and international based companies achieve their results. As you are aware, David, uh, Zurich's been one of the leaders in that surety field for well over 100 years. And, and today we're a top three North American market and one of the longest continuously operating surety providers in North America. Also, we're really excited about continuing to drive our accident health capability. We have uh, aspirations to become a leading non-life ANS provider in Canada. Zurich has customized accident health products for employers and other groups, and we've really uh, expanded our safety net with new solutions for the, the era of the, of the gig economy and, and frequent travel. Zurich's gig economy solutions, we're really excited about it as they help individuals and, and organizations pursue their goals uh, by bridging some of that accident coverage gaps that, that we see. Uh, so helping out those, uh, those on-demand workforce and, and gig workers such as delivery drivers and home health care workers, which are so vital uh, at this time. And lastly, we're really uh, committed to expanding our F&I and our finance and insurance products presence in Canada, Zurich, North America, just marked 100 years serving the auto dealership sector in the United States. Zurich has a full suite of services geared towards the needs of auto dealers. And Zurich's uh, vehicle protection products are designed for their unique needs, including the unique needs of uh, now the growing population of electric vehicle owners. So our ability to help dealerships diversify their revenue streams through both F&I and service is, uh, is an exciting proposition. Anyway, David, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot going on, as you can tell. Uh, it's an awesome and dedicated team, and I'm looking forward to continuing to deliver the innovative solutions for these unique, challenging, and and continuing emerging risks. We will focus on driving continued awareness of these leading products with our value brokers and, and customers and increase the awareness of not only our new products, but our international capability, our leading claims uh, team, and our experienced risk uh, resilient service offerings. Okay, let, let me just say, wow. <laughs> it sounds like you've got quite the portfolio. But in in all seriousness, it also sounds like you're you're, you're doing some incredible things. Uh, so I, I can't wait to hear more about what your team is focused on down the line. I want to turn our attention to an event we both recently attended. Um, for our risk manager listeners out there, you probably have heard of, or perhaps you were even there for the RIMS Canada conference in Halifax. I read that it's the second largest annual risk management conference in the world. It's held annually every fall, and the conference attracts over a thousand risk managers and the vendor community from all across Canada and around the world. Now, this year, the Zurich Canada team traveled to Halifax to reconnect in person um, with our market facing colleagues and to discuss emerging and evolving risks facing our industry. Dane, what was your favorite parts of the conference? And do you have any advice for 
listeners looking to attend future RIMS conferences? Yeah, it was uh, it was really great to have everybody back together. I mean, it was a special conference this year, just given the last couple of years, the last time we were really all together as an industry was in Edmonton and in September of 2019. Um, so to have everybody back in the room and and uh, and, and not on uh, a Teams call or Zoom's call was uh, was really uh, enlightening and and great to see. Uh, it's a must. The conference is a must for risk managers and, and insurance professionals. I highly encourage it. Uh, being able to come together and share just best practices and and some of the learnings uh, is is key. Uh, I personally enjoyed hearing some of the my colleagues from Zurich and industry partners talking about various topics on some of the plenary sessions. Supply chain challenges are eminent. Cyber risks and threats continue. A lot of content on, on cyber in general, and obviously climate resilience is, is paramount at this stage. And we're seeing it more and more over the last few months with some of these uh, large cat storms rolling up a few. But a special thanks to the Halifax Organizing Committee too to, for putting on an amazing conference uh, as a proud Maritimer, displaying that uh, best attribute of maritime hospitality it was great to see. So So well done to all involved. No, and and I was one of the recipients of the maritime hospitality. So 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 thank you and thank you to uh, uh, to all our friends from the East Coast. Um, now I, I I know that you you presented on a topic um, which I think a lot of people are interested in ESG and what it means for the future of insurance and particularly I think Dino underwriting from uh, from the panel that you're on. Investors, employees, and consumers increasingly expect companies to actively address ESG considerations. We're certainly seeing businesses face an evolving and expanding range of of ESG-related disclosure requirements and regulations. Now, Dane, walk us through this theme and why we can no longer ignore this framework as an emerging DNO risk? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's an important topic, uh, and uh, a, a lot going on in each of the subsets of what we now refer to as uh, of ESG. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking about uh, on this topic with with Robin Campbell, who uh, is a, a consummate professional and a senior vice president. At Marsh Canada, it's a real privilege to uh, to speak with her on this topic, and we hear a lot about it in our industry. Um, let's just talk uh, about kind of what it is. Uh, obviously, on the, as an acronym, ESG stands for Environmental, Social, or and and at the end of the day, Corporate Governance. It's a set of practices used to evaluate a company's operational performance as it relates to social and environmental impacts. Uh, it's usually this that evaluation is typically done. Kind of internally or externally by investors uh, or other stakeholders. So clearly, ESG is something that no successful business or reputable business can afford to ignore. Um, but how can you begin the process of making your business a good corporate citizen, as well as set yourself up to be viewed as a good investment? Well, in our view, and what we talked about was the board of directors is the best place to start. The process of making ESG an integral part over the organization. They're responsible for the oversight of the management 
Uh, and while the management has a duty of care to run the company well, uh, which is important, again, duty of care to run the company, the company's directors have a duty of care to the company's stakeholders, now including the community at large. And I think that's an important point to make because and they have to make sure uh, their well-being is protected of all stakeholders involved. So I think that's an important attribute. Directors are challenging and they're starting to pay a lot of attention to risk management, including environmental and social risks, making sure they're paying executives according to how well they're doing against their ESG targets uh, they set for themselves. Um, ESG reporting is really, at the end of the day, what we talk about is really accountability. So nothing new, businesses that perform strongly across all umbrellas of ESG factors become much more resilient to some of these emerging risks that uh, we hear so much about from climate change to diversity inclusion, ESG issues are a key source of those emerging liabilities for directors and officers. So companies that fail to address those issues open themselves up to a host of litigation and currently, ESG litigation has been largely climate-related, I would say, although many other environmental and social issues could drive further litigation as the regulators kind of wake up and, and set uh, more firm, specific material uh, thresholds. Um, diversity inclusion is already becoming one of the emerging areas for litigation, and, and regulators seek to increase disclosure around board representation. Uh, it's what we're seeing is a drive kind of activist behavior. Um, and I think that's a, an area to look. Robin spoke uh, really brilliantly about uh, G or governance, right? Governance is nothing new and has been a key focus of uh, regulators, plaintiffs counsel and, and underwriters really since back in, in around Enron and, and their high profile uh, litigation and, and, and fallout. Uh, the next wave to watch for really is a, is what will likely be led by the E and the S, right? Whether environmental and social, as directors are increasingly held to a, a higher standard. So good corporate governance just has to include those specific issues um, as uh, as board as boards and regulars start pushing in different directions. The key and the challenge is, and what we've talked about during our plenary session is that there's really no one size fits all here for allocating ESG responsibilities, right? Among board or committees and, and those delegations of responsibilities can change over time. How is oversight affected at a company? And any given company depends on really a wide variety of factors, really, right? The board composition, the culture of the company, the committee structures, et cetera. Um, so, so a lot to absorb, but really has to be entrenched and embedded in the overall culture versus kind of sit with one specific group. And I think that's what we're going to see kind of moving forward as companies move from this kind of table stakes perspective of having an ESG philosophy or plan is gonna be more, how are they executing? How much budgetary uh, reserve and, and commitment have they made to, to proofing and, and improving the company from an ESG perspective? On the E, uh, I, I talked about Larry Fink, who said that a couple of years ago that climate risk is investment risk. So, as a DNO risk, climate risk change litigation is on a huge upward trajectory over two times since 2015. Uh, the number of, of class action filings related. So, so a really inherent 
uh, scary issue to focus on. Uh, clients need to get to assess their sustainability uh, uh, obligations, not just kind of uh, upstream in their own organizations, but downstream into their supply chains. And I think that is where we're seeing a lot of work now, but that's a, a large load and a, a complex method and, and procedure to map out. ESG disclosures are becoming more standardized, but it's really never going to be a, a one-size-fits-all. Uh, There's just too much nuance in the industry. So from a DNO risk perspective, we really have to get more artistic in kind of our way of, of establishing what is what is good for one company or what is acceptable for one specific risk. If it's a manufacturing risk, it may not be for another risk in the technology or or energy sector. Robin also spoke about S and uh, on the social side and how companies are dealing with diversity, equity, inclusion, and there are real risks there that fail to, for companies that fail to engage. Um, poor company retention at just being one sim- other symptom. And there's real evidence, and which is exciting to see that companies that have more diverse boards and diverse management teams are actually more profitable. So it's not just about altruism, right? It's about uh, financial success. So, so those are exciting statistics to see and prove that first leaders kind of will be rewarded. So, you know, ESG issues present at all uh, a board level concerns. You know, ESG issues should be regular part of every board board member's agenda, including specific circumstances. And boards really need to expedite efforts to assess their full and current ESG posture um, and uh, put mechanism in place to monitor those ESG issues as they evolve and they'll continue to evolve as we all see, especially on the sustainability and climate exposed issues as we see some of these super storms and and, uh, and, and, and unique climate uh, emerging risks that we're all dealing with. So so a lot, lot to be said there. It was a great opportunity to present and, and share our views on, on these, this emerging class of uh, of issues and, and and risks, especially as it relates to uh, directors and officers in, in in Canada and internationally. Okay, that's great. Now, Dane, it's always a treat to have a discussion with you. Thank you for taking the time to share these valuable insights with our listeners. Always a pleasure, David. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to the next time. Thank you for tuning into our discussion with Dane, Zurich Canada's new head of specialty products. As always, you can find the podcast on the Zurich Canada website. You can also email us at ca.podcast at zurich.com for ideas, comments, or feedback. We appreciate the feedback and look forward to putting together more meaningful content for you all. Thank you and take care.
The information in this audio recording was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained herein may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you.